Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're going to continue in the book of Hebrews and starting to read at chapter 9 verse 11. So it's Hebrews chapter 9 starting at verse 11. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He didn't enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place, once and for all, by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls, and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctified them, so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. For this reason Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it's necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and the sprinkle, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary, then, for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things were themselves with better sacrifices than these. For God did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again. The way of the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as a man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for this, your word, and we just ask that now you will just go with us as we go through it step by step that we might see more of you understand more of who you are and that we might just see the significance of these things these old testament times this old testament covenant and how it has now been replaced by the new covenant 
the covenant in the blood that was shed by our Saviour, Jesus. And it's in his name that we bring these prayers this evening. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage here, um, we're going to go through it bit by bit. And before we do, I just want us to remember some of the things that John said in his gospel. You see, John in his gospel makes it clear to us that the birth of the baby in the manger was not the beginning of Jesus. John doesn't start with, with what we call the Christmas story. John goes further back beyond the Christmas story. And in John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then he explains that in verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So that really is John's Christmas story. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, the writer of the Hebrews is making it clear that Christ was the creation and without him, nothing that had happened to their forefathers would have made any sense. Without Christ, the tabernacle, the temple, the priesthood, the sacrifices, none of these things would have any meaning. Now that he has shown them the importance of these things, he can now show that they are all speaking of who Jesus is. We have that phrase, but when Christ came. You see, when Christ came, everything took on meaning and it was a deeper and a more superior meaning that the earthly things had. So we have in contrast to the inadequacies of the old covenant, we have the perfections of Christ, the new covenant. So chapter 9 verse 11 starts with these words, and I did mention last week to take note of these words, but when Christ came. So verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. You get the link there with John's gospel. The offerings, the priesthood, the tabernacle, the things of the old covenant were not perfect. Now, it wasn't that the covenant wasn't perfect. It's just that these things in themselves, because they were earthbound, and because of the people, that's where the imperfections were. The imperfections were because this was an earthly representation of something else. Jesus is high priest. Jesus can enter on our behalf the actual place where God dwells. The heavenly tabernacle, which is God's dwelling place, where Christ continues his ministry as our high priest, is a superior place to the earthly tabernacle. And it is a superior ministry to the ministry of the earthly high priest. Now, we probably can accept this because we have 
more knowledge of these things than the people who first read this letter had knowledge. They had the knowledge of the, the, the tabernacle, and which was now the temple and the temple worship and the priests and all these things were still there. But they were having to see that they now had to let go of them and move away from them because they were temporary things that brought temporary blessings. And they'd now given way to eternal blessings. We read on in verse 12, He didn't enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but the, he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, so obtaining eternal redemption. You see, the shedding of, of blood was necessary. The people understood that. And just as the blood of an animal was necessary to cover the sins of Adam and Eve, so the shedding of blood was required to cover the sins of the people of Israel. But now that Christ has come as high priest, redemption has come, the price has been paid, and the captives are set free from the power of sin. This sacrifice this sacrifice of Jesus was a once-for-all sacrifice, far superior to the earthly sacrifices that these people who are now Christians, but who were they're still Jews actually, <laughs> but they are Jewish Christians. And these are people who would have been familiar and more than likely been practicing the things of the old covenant. But his sacrifice now is a once and for all sacrifice and it's superior to the ones that they had known. Verse 13 to 14. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctified them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. You see, the shedding of his blood was perfect and superior to the blood of the sacrificial animals. And Jesus is the sacrifice he offered himself and he was without blemish and as he hung upon that cross he himself was without blemish you know we we can serve the living god by the work of jesus done on the cross this means that there is no room for anything for us to do. We cannot work for this salvation, for this redemption. There's no room for it. It's all done through what Jesus did. So we cannot work for God in order to earn our salvation. But we can work for God as a result of our salvation. Verse 15, for this reason Christ is mediator of a new covenant, 
that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Not that he has died as a ransom. Now, let me read that again. Verse 15. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So here we have a definite statement. And this statement is based on what the writer has been saying right throughout this letter to the Hebrews. This is the statement. Christ is the mediator of the new covenant. Now we come to an illustration to help us understand the importance of the death of Jesus and the blood that Jesus had to shed. Verse 16 uh, through to verse 22. In the case of a will, it's necessary to prove the death of one who made it. Because a will is enforced only when somebody has died, it never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Now we know that. That is how a will works. The blood of the animal sacrifice is the representation of the death that introduced the first covenant. And the blood of Jesus is the death that introduces the second covenant, the new covenant, and annuls the first covenant. The writer goes on, this is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with the water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. You know, these things were all significant. The blood was shed, the water speaks of the Holy Spirit, the scarlet wool speaks of the deity of who Christ is, the branches of hyssop, which was the, the, the least of the herbs, speaks of his humanity. And the people were sprinkled, and the scroll is the word of God, and all these things in, 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 in the, the tabernacle. You see, the blood of the old covenant, because it was only represents, representative of the blood of Jesus, meant that it would only cover the sins until the blood of Jesus would bring cleansing to the sins of the old covenant as well as the new covenant. His death meant that the old covenant was closed and the new covenant was open and the sins that had been covered until the new covenant have now been redeemed. The price has been paid. The writer goes on, he said, This is the blood of the covenant with God, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. We quote that first quite often when we gather around the Lord's table. Without the remission of sin, there is no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The Old Covenant was all about ceremonial 
outward cleansing, everything was sprinkled by the blood of the sacrificial animal. Forgiveness can only come through the power of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. John 1 verse 29, this is John speaking to his disciples. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The old covenant was for the sins of Israel. And they were supposed to be, as a nation, a blessing to the, to the other nations. The new is for the sins of the world. The tabernacle was earthly, only a pattern of the heavenly things. Only the Levites could enter the tabernacle. None of the other tribes could do that. The tabernacle and the temple were temporary things. And the cleansing was all external. Verse 23. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. See the old covenant has the sin offering, the peace offering, the burnt offering, the trespass offering, Christ's once-for-all sacrifice covered all these things. Verse 24, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us, in God's presence. Jesus is in the presence of God. Let me go to Acts chapter 7. Read a couple of verses there. Verse 46 through to 50. Until the time of David who enjoyed God's favour and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? So we come to chapter 9, verse 25 of Hebrews nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year, with the blood that is not his own. Verse 26. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared only once for all, at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin, by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27. Just as people are destined to die once, and after that to face the judgment. So verse 28 tells us that, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time. 
not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So that's the promise to us, that we are waiting for him to return, and he will take us with him. Now I did mention last week that at the end of this chapter, we would have a a sort of a summary of, of what we've seen. And I shared that with you, and I'll share it again. This is the comparison between the old and the new covenant. The old had repeated sacrifices. The new had one sacrifice. The old, the blood of others, that is, the animals. The new, his own blood. How did Jesus enter heaven? He entered it by the power of his own blood. How did the high priest enter the Holy of Holies once a year? Well, by the blood of animals for the sins of the people and also for his sins because he was not perfect. The old was a covering for sin and the new was the putting away of sin. Sins committed from the beginning until the end of time. Under the old, it was only for Israel. For the new, for all sinners. Under the old, the high priest left the Holy of Holies once he'd offered the sacrifices. And he wouldn't return again into the Holy of Holies till the following year, on the Day of Atonement. Under the new, Jesus entered heaven to remain there until he returns to take his church home with him. Under the old, the high priest came out to bless the people. But I was just said, under the new, Jesus will come out to take his people to heaven. Let's finish with just a couple of verses from the New Testament. I'm going to read a few from Romans chapter 3, verse 21 and 26. And I want to just bring out here the importance of faith. Because this is where the writer to the Hebrews is leading He's having to go through all these things to explain a very important thing that has now happened under the new covenant. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 3. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to receive by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it 
to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. See where the right is going? It is all about what Christ has done, and it's all about our faith in him and what he's done. 2 Corinthians 4.18 And this is what we are to do. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen as temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me just summarize that little verse. Everything the writer has been talking about pertaining to the old covenant is that which can be seen. They could see the tabernacle. They could see the altar. They could see the animals. They could see the blood being shed. They could see these things. But now, what the writer is going to say to them, you no longer need those things. You put those things away now. And you have faith in the things that are unseen because your faith is now in the heavenly, not the earthly. And your faith is now in the eternal, not the temporary. So we can sum this up for this evening by this little phrase that I know you're all familiar with. We quote very often and we also sing it and it's great to do this because this is the truth of it. And we're going to see this as the writer goes on. We're going to come to that, that, that chapter, that famous chapter. You know what it is. The famous chapter of faith. So what is the little phrase that we take away with us this evening? This is it. By faith and not by sight. Shall we pray? Father, we acknowledge the fact that when this letter was first written, it was to a people who didn't have the New Testament. But what they did have was the things that they'd grown up with the tangible things that they could see that were their way and in their time the right way to approach God. And now Christ has come and the new covenant was there for them. And our Father, we thank you that we have today this letter to the Hebrews that we can go through, that we can look at and we can see the greatness, the greatness of the once-for-all sacrifice, the power of the once-shedding of that all-sufficient blood, and that we now do not need to go to a building to find you. We come to you through Christ, through Jesus, and through what he has done, and nothing of ourselves. Our Father, we thank you and praise you for this and ask that you'll continue to teach us and lead us that we might walk by faith and not by sight. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.